G'day guys, Luke here, Fly on the Wall Podcast. Coming at you live, well not live, uh, pre-recorded actually, but coming at you pre-recorded from the cabin. <laughs> Quite excited. Um, I technically officially moved in, uh, when was it, Thursday, last Thursday, it's now Monday, so a few days ago, uh, and moved all my tables and chairs and and hobby things in and uh i'm quite excited actually it, it's got a uh, i know it sounds cheesy but it's got a really nice vibe in here i love sitting down looking out the window at the at the horizon uh can't wait to get the wood heater fired up still waiting on to, uh, to finish that section to do the flu and everything but we'll talk more about that later in uh Dawn of the Shed, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, just wanted to do this little intro uh, before Big Waz calls. Um, he should be calling any moment now. Um, oh yeah, I think he, I think I just missed a call from him actually. <laughs> I'll just text him and let him know to go ahead. Uh, yeah, so quite excited. Welcome to episode one two five. I'm going to actually be doing. Uh, a surprise pop quiz for Warren. Uh, we haven't discussed what we'd be doing uh, this evening. Hang on, he's calling now. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, good. I'm just telling the good folks at home that I'm uh, coming at you from the cabin this evening. Just got to get your little intro in there, don't you? Hey? Yeah, you're right. You sound a bit sleepy. I'll wake you up. No, nah. <laughs> no, nah, man. Oh, good. Wake up! I rang you! I rang you! <laughs> he didn't answer because you're too busy doing an intro! Yeah, and uh, the phone, the other phone, the one you're ringing on, uh, must have been on silent because I didn't even hear it vibrate or anything. And I had you, it between You weren't my, even looking at it! I had it between my cheeks as well. So <laughs> I thought, uh, must be getting too loose down there in my old age. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> we've, got it set, we've got it set on high vibrate. <laughs> yeah. Now, it still uh, isn't touching the sides. I don't want to lie to you, Warren. You probably shouldn't then. Um, but I, yeah, and I won't. I'm going to tell you something very honest right now. Okay. Um, I hard in your cabin. <laughs> I actually prefer <laughs> Batman Returns over the first one with the Joker. Okay. <laughs> Thank you I for know. your. Uh, I know. It's big thank news. you for your insight. Yeah, big news, groundbreaking news. Uh, it is. It is. So uh, the <laughs> wife and I and uh, the little one, we watched right. uh, the first Batman. What's the first Batman called? Just Batman. It's called Batman. <laughs> yeah, we watched that a few <laughs> weeks ago, and it was great. Loved yeah. it. Really, really enjoyed it. I hadn't watched it since I was probably a teenager, maybe. So it was right. nostalgic for me, and and to see little one, you know, our eyes were lit up and all that kind of stuff. She loved it as well. Um, uh, but then, we, and then we thought, you know, let's let's stay on that trajectory and and follow the series. So we watched um, Batman Returns uh, Friday just gone. And yep. I bloody loved it. I was actually sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, another Batman. No worries. You know, it should be nice. It should be fun. Sort of not really going into it um, excited, I suppose, like I did when I first saw it uh, as a yep. kid. But I bloody loved it. I absolutely was like, wow, this is actually incredibly dark. Um, the Penguin, incredibly villainous and, and yes. creepy as fuck. And, and of course, you know, Catwoman. That's uh, that's where I... Well, I was, I was waiting for that mention. I was going to say, is that, you know, the nine of the ten ratings well, that you've given it? I won't harp on it 
about it too much, but yeah, no, I, it definitely took me back to when I first got an erection when I was a kid. <laughs> nah, nah, but it was, uh, I don't know, just the whole movie is is really great, really good story. And you and, always like cosplaying as Catwoman with one of those sewed-together latex suits. Well, I, I did, but as you know, I would be flanked by so many hard, erect, pubescent boys that it was yeah. just, it got too much, you know, it really And they kept much. saying, like, every time you turn around, they go, I'm Batman, and they go, no, I'm Batman. <laughs> And I just go, meow. (laughs) (laughs) Drive their little minds insane. Ah, they would lose their shit quite literally. Uh, No, but it was, yeah, a great, great movie. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to let you know, Warren, that I'm a big fan. And I I thought of you in particular because I know you often, in in, uh, the cases of movie series, you often prefer the sequel, Rambo 2, for example, Die Hard 2, Predator 2. Um, you know, like, so I just thought I'd let you know that I've found... I never said I preferred Die Hard 2 to the first one. I oh, just sorry, like sorry. it. All right, all right. <laughs> Keep your pants on, mate. Um, Keep your pants on. But I like an origin story as well. You do like an origin story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, first movies like Batman Begins. You know how... For example. You know how one of my, I guess, catchphrase <laughs> mantra things is, I ate everything except for celery. Well, I think your I think yours is I love an origin movie. <laughs> yeah, I love an origin movie. <laughs> yeah, and so, I think somehow that's got a little bit more class than your one. It does, oh, yeah, of course. Well, we're talking. I don't mention celery once. We're talking big was here, so yeah, he's, that's right. He's mate. All, it's class, all class, all class. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, okay, so, so you let's get back to the to the controversial point at hand here. Yeah, you rate it higher than the the first Batman with Michael Keaton. Why? Well, he was in the second one too, of course. But uh, with Jack Nicholson as the Joker and so on and so forth. If so I, why is that? If I was to do a five star rating for for Batman and Batman Returns, yeah. um, Batman would definitely be a four, a good strong four, and Batman yeah. Returns a very strong five. So they're close. Oh. It's very close, but. I don't know. I just found the story more captivating. Um, it was just incredibly dark. That's probably the best word I can use to describe it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And it had a really – like, the performances were amazing, like, really, really good from everyone. Yeah. Well, I mean, Michael Keaton was Michael Keaton. He was Batman. He was meant to be a little bit dry, and he was very similar yeah. to the first one, of course. But you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. <laughs> yeah. So the performances from Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer were, yeah, out of this world. Really, really cool stuff. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it, mate. That, that makes me happy. Oh, good. Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate it. <laughs> another... So it's uh, on to Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Well, yeah, uh, we are going to go down that avenue. We are going to keep, keep going down that avenue. And I've already sort of said to the wife and the little one that, yeah, you know, like it does start to, for me, it starts to go downhill. I said, but <laughs> I, I said to the little one, I said, I actually think you'll probably like the the new, the you know, I was going to say the new ones, but, you know, the, the those ones in, in particular because they are a bit more cartoony and stuff, I suppose. So I think, yeah, I think you'll enjoy three. I think you'll still enjoy that. That's still a bit of fun. That's Val Kilmer, you know, isn't it? Val Kilmer, Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. You know, it's got some some pretty is, over-the-top performances, but it's good fun. Is is Robin in that one? Yeah, this is where he's introduced into it. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I can't yeah, lock Batman into and Robin, though? Oh. No oh. good? No good? No, it's not that this is the problem, isn't it? Because you line these things up. Now, I, you could put Batman and Robin up against 
other stuff that's been released in more recent years, and you'd probably be like, you know what? Yeah, it's campy. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous, but it's good fun. Yeah, um, I suppose, yeah. But, yeah, I think compared against the others, you just go, oh, man. What a wasted opportunity! Well, I'm so I'm looking forward to them. I'm looking forward to watching them for the sake of the little one, you know, yes. um, because it's kind of a thing that we do now, and I like that. But um, but yeah, I, I remember I was probably at an age where because I think I must have been teens by the time those those ones were starting to come out, and yeah. I remember yeah really losing interest. But I think I may have sort of lost interest in superheroes and that kind of and comic book characters around about that time anyway, you know. So that might might be why but uh, but then i remember was it 2008 when uh christian bale came into the scene as, as batman uh i couldn't bloody tell you mate I, I, why do i feel like the 2008 was actually the dark night oh okay. and, and okay. uh batman begins might have been 2006 early. or something well yeah. whenever that first one yeah batman yeah. begins comes out that, that, then i was kind of ready for it again you know but after yeah after the george clooney one i was kind of like this is fucked Well, you know, at least there have been different visions. But uh, look, the Batman movies on the whole have always been kind of cool. And I mean, I enjoyed Batman and Superman. I didn't enjoy the Justice League one, but my son is insisting that I watch the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League movie because it's almost complete. Well, not completely different, but it feels different. It looks different. They've reshot so many scenes. Um, basically ran it through filters so it is actually Zack Snyder's vision, not uh, Josh Josh Weddon's. Oh, okay. Did you like so, um, Batman versus Superman? Yeah, yeah, he loves it. No, did you? So, oh, me? Oh, yeah, yeah I liked it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind that one. I, I didn't like Ben Affleck as Batman, to be honest. Um, no. He was, yeah, I don't know, just didn't sit right with me. I can't even put my finger on what it was, but he just didn't sit right for me. Um, but then I was sort of thinking, well, who else? And, of course, there's Christian Bale, but I, I feel like his time's done as well. And I couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't really think of anybody else to fill the fill the pants of Batman. Well, Robert Pattinson will be in the in the pants oh, in the next movie. Oh, okay. He's the... Uh, he's the uh, He's the fellow from Twilight. Twilight, yeah, he's actually really good. He's actually, I've he's never a seen, very good actor. I've never seen Twilight, but I've seen The Lighthouse with Willem Dafoe and him, and he was brilliant. He was actually really good in that. There you go. So I'm actually, I'm anticipating that quite, uh, quite keenly. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just staying on the superheroes uh, topic, I actually watched The Suicide Squad with uh, my, well, my middle two teenage kids the other day. Oh yeah. Yep. And, and uh, so it's the newer version it's oh, not Suicide Squad it's the, it's the Suicide, Suicide Squad yeah okay where did you see that oh we we obtained a copy <laughs> and, is it a good um, is it a good copy it is actually yeah okay. <laughs> it's a very good copy um so we we watched that yeah. and I've got to say it was pretty nuts but I think that's what made it good Okay, yeah, yeah. Cause there's, I, a, there's a character in it, and it's, it's it's almost shocking what happens in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, but there's a character called Weasel. Yep. It's literally a weasel. Okay, yeah. Like a humanoid weasel. And it's the funniest-looking thing you can imagine, and it's it's really r- weird what happens. I don't want to tell you. Yeah, no worries, yeah. It would ruin the fun. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it had a bit of a slow middle to it. I found that I was actually drifting off to sleep <laughs> in the centre. Yeah. 
and my kids were sort of keeping me awake. But I, the, the whole start and the whole finish was so outlandish that it really kept your interest. Oh, okay. So I would, I would definitely recommend it as a watch for anyone who, you know, was maybe put off a little bit by the first version by David Ayer. I didn't. I didn't uh, mind uh, Suicide Squad. I thought uh, the main yeah. thing was uh, I felt uh, was Margot Robbie. I thought she was just she stole the show. Um, yeah. And then the other day, I started to watch Birds of Prey uh, with the little yeah. one, and then quickly realised it wasn't suitable. It's probably not great. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, unfortunately for her, I turned it off and was like, "No, no, no, darling, this is this is no good for you." <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I but I was intrigued, so I might give it a a go, you know, next couple of days or something. But yeah, well, she's in this one again. The preview of uh, the Suicide Squad actually uh, grabbed my attention. It looks it looks pretty good. Well, I like Idris Elba. Um, yeah, and he's still, cool. It's he's got cool. it's got appearances by quite a lot of the characters from that one from that first version yeah okay um but yeah it sort of changes the the storyline so it really does yeah it kind of plays with your idea it's almost like the whole idea of the penal battalions you know and the oh yeah cool they're sort of they're pulled in and and then they're expendable and then they just make another squad yeah right it's almost like that idea like it's just it's literally just grouping together people with the same principle yeah so yeah it was good it was good. Yeah, nice. All right, we'll go to a quick break, and then I've got a, a bit of a surprise for you, Warren. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to deal with it, but because uh, I know you don't like surprises, you don't like to be caught off guard. But I think you'll you'll get into the fun of it. All right. <laughs> Thought you hung up then. All right, we'll go to a quick break. We'll come back. Okay, I'm gonna tell y'all. I just woke up, so I'm gonna try to make this sound good. Hold on. Good morning from the Ozarks, Missouri. This is Emily, and you're listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. Uh, Stand by for dead air. Uh, Three, two, one, and we're back in. Uh, So my name is Luke. <laughs> yeah, slightly delayed from Big Woz, but he is there. He's ready to rock and roll. He's, he's oh, mate, I'm ready. His balls of strength down to the size of a peanut M and M, but he's uh, he's uh, he's tough. So, Warren, I thought for episode one two five, I would do a pop quiz for you because you're constantly carrying on about how you're the smartest man. In the world. Really? Is that, is that right? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> no, nah, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But I yeah. think you are very clever, and I just think it would be Fucking fun hell. to test your cleverness. <laughs> right. So, okay. I've compiled a series of 30 questions, and I thought we could 30? do 30. So I, and Fucking that's the episode. Hell. This is the episode, Warren. So Fucking hell. I thought I could do 10. We'll go to a break. Go in 10, and then go to a break. You know, break it up a bit for you so you got time to pad your brow of sweat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this. we could just call this one Luke Interrogates. <laughs> yeah, why not? And then, by all, all means, right. I'm just going to throw it out there, throw the gauntlet out there. Uh, if yep. you want to throw something my way next week, I'm up for it. No worries. All right, then. So um, these are general knowledge questions or Yeah, yeah, what? just general trivia. Yep, yep, yep. Fucking watch this crash and burn. No, 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 have more confidence in yourself. As I was looking, <laughs> as I was compiling the questions, I, yep. I, I guess I've got, because some of them were insane, like some of them were, 
Oh, what was one? It was a lot of chemistry stuff and everything. I was like, what the fuck? Who, who knows that except for chemists? But um, so I've sort of gone middle of the road. But And I, and I, and I don't say that because, I, you know, I don't want to make you more nervous because it's middle. I don't mean... Just get on with it. Let's not worry about that. <laughs> I don't mean that they're easy questions or at all. I yeah. just mean that okay. they're, you know, I think you should be right. Uh, and I'll give you a score. <laughs> we'll give you a score at the end. So you ready to rock and roll? I'll give it a red hot go. You need to pour yourself like a... A whiskey or something? No, no. I just I'll have a bit of extra oxygen before we start. All right, all right. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ready? Okay, go. What is the capital of Turkey? Oh, uh, is it Constantinople or Istanbul? Uh, Istanbul is often the answer that people give, but that's actually just the largest city. The actual oh, capital is, is Ankara. Ankara? Ankara, yeah. Ankara, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll put an N for no there. Um, Sorry? Right. I'll put an N for no on that one. I, okay. I, said, I did jump in with Ankara, as you were about to say it. No, 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 but your first answer I have to take. That's true. That was wrong, yeah. Istanbul. True. Okay. Um, right. I'm the I'll quiz, ma- I'm the quiz master, Warren. I make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no worries. Right. Let's rock. All right, number two. Which popular video game franchise has released games with the subtitles World at War and Black Ops? <laughs> Call of Duty. Yes, well done, Warren. Great. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. That's sort of standard I'll be okay with. <laughs> All right, number three. How many players in a soccer team? Oh, fucking hell, I don't fucking know. Uh, um, just close your eyes and think of a very important number. All right, I'll say 11 then. Yay, good man. Yeah, great. You got that all on your own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah, there were no hints at all. Question number four. Put a half a one for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a yes. Uh, question number four. <laughs> what year did the Vietnam War end? Don't Google, like it. Was 19- Don't Google it. I feel like it was like 1972. Oh, no, 1975. Oh, okay, fuck. It That's went right. late, didn't That's it? That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. No, nah, man. You've still got a lot of respect out there, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Not by the end of this quiz. <laughs> Number five. What's the drummer's name in Green Day? Oh, uh, Trey Cool? Yes. Well done, mate. Okay. Uh, number six. I like the sympathy in your in your tone. Then well done, you. Yeah, well, well done, done mate. <laughs> good, good on you, mate. You salvaged a little bit of your, your fucking pride. Then yeah. <laughs> uh, number six. Which country produces the most coffee in the world? The most coffee. Yeah. Hmm. I'll just say this: don't I've, go for the I've, most obvious one when it when you think of coffee. Yeah, that's that's my problem. Well, I'm going to say Brazil. Yes, well done. Did okay, you, okay, did, great. Yeah, because I reckon I would have straight away thought Italy or something, you know, but then I was like, oh, Italy. No. Well, only because they're big coffee drinkers, but, yeah, Brazil obviously grows the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. They've along got the with, territorial area. Yeah, along with uh, shitloads of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Bless them, eh? Coffee and cocaine. Italy grow the most mafia. <laughs> yeah, and sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Italian sausage and mafia fields. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number seven, where would you find the most ancient forest in the world? The most ancient forest? Yeah. Hmm. It's a good question. It is a good one. 
Uh, this this is really literally going to be off the top of my head. Yep. I think. Most ancient forest. Do you want me to give you a slight clue? What? Uh, no, no, it's okay. Okay. So yeah, I should yeah. I should tackle this. I'm I'm just going to say New Guinea because that's the one that keeps going to my head. Um, not too far away. It's the Daintree Forest of North Cairns, Australia. Is it really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Isn't oh, it? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got that. Ah, okay. I, yeah. I didn't realize. Is that the oldest? It's the oldest. It's the most ancient. I was going to give you a clue and just say um, something forest because that's what I would have thought of straight away. The only like forest I know with a name would be the Daintree Forest, unless it's Sherwood Forest. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Which right. Is probably pretty no, old. no, I, I wouldn't have gotten that. I guess I was thinking about Africa, South America, and Southeast Asia, like Borneo and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You don't think of Australia, yeah. but obviously Australia is just as old as the rest of the world. <laughs> of course, mate. Well, we, I mean, we used to be connected to Antarctica, but we're, we're worth something. And in Cairns, they're very backwards up there. So big hello to all our Cairns <laughs> listeners. Cairnsian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're not in Cairns anymore. They're still living in 1983, I think. <laughs> I reckon that's the, that's the way to go then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be in 83. The latest movie release in Cairns is Crocodile Dundee, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> not even the second one yet. Yeah, yeah, right. You tell them, them, tell them, tell them there's a second one. They go, oh, strike me dead. You're bloody, you're bloody jiving me, mate. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that was released in 84, too, so I don't know what's going on up there, mate. <laughs> They're ahead of their time up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, number, uh, question number eight. What is the yep. hardest rock? And it's not Dwayne. Uh, that'd be that'd be heavy metal, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the hardest rock. Yeah. Hardest rock. Hmm. I don't know enough about minerals, really. I won't hold that against you because neither do I. <laughs> but it's going to be something weird like cobalt or something I'm like that. A, it might surprise you, people listening at home, but I'm not a connoisseur <laughs> of minerals. <laughs> I'm no yeah, I don't know, mate. I said cobalt, but I've got no idea. Cobalt, no, it's diamond. Of course it fucking is, jeez. Yeah. Cut bloody glass with diamond, mate. Um, yeah, that's it. I wasn't thinking about gems, which was stupid. Uh, well, it's actually, yeah, it's actually technically classed as a rock, diamond. So yeah, of course, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's just been there long enough. Yeah, that's it. Pressure makes diamonds. Uh, number nine, how many bones do sharks have in their bodies? <laughs> it's fairly open ended, isn't it? <laughs> is it or is it not? <laughs> All right, how many bones do they have in their bodies? I'm going to say 219. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised actually because you are wrong. Uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> they have no bones in their bodies. Oh, okay. Not a single bone unless I meet them. I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. What's the jaw and everything? Yeah, I don't know. It must be must be classed as like um, like like the same stuff we've got in our ears or something like gristle. I don't know what I don't know what the technical name is for it, but I can imagine <laughs> it'd be quite chewy. Yeah, cartilage. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so so the jaw of a shark is not classed as a, as a part of a skeletal system. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I had no idea. There you bloody go. See, this there is what this episode is all day. about. Really, it's about learning. Uh, and undermining me. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't see it as that. I don't want to use it's it as that. It's all right. Hey, relax, mate. It's okay. I'm just having fun with it. All right, mate. 
Uh, I know you do. I know you hold on to these little things, and then suddenly you'll text me and say, Luke, that was really unfair because, you know, I'm just trying to be the best podcaster provider I can. <laughs> That's right, the best friend I can be, the best damn Warren I could be. I brought you, you wood for your cabin, it. I brought you a wood heater, yeah. and you do nothing but undermine me every time. <laughs> I like how I've aged with each word I've said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. Question number 10. Which bo- Is that all? all? right, okay, go. <laughs> Which boxer was known as the greatest and also as the people's champion? Was that Muhammad Ali? It was, my friend. Well done. Okay. We'll go to a break and we'll come back with more questions for Big Will. You're listening to Fly on the Wall podcast. Uh, Warren has something to tell us. <laughs> it, needs, it needs a forward announcement. It's that <laughs> yeah. big. No, I had a question for you, actually, mate. Ah, tables have turned. Go. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of those things. It's very much about the individual. Um, I was driving the other day in, uh, just down a road local to us, yeah. and I was just moving through the traffic. There wasn't a huge amount of traffic, but uh, there was a little bit in front of me. And we pulled up at some lights. And I was behind another car in front of me. Now, there was a slight thought that went through my mind. I looked at the car in front of me and I thought, ah, shit, this is going to be a slow-ass motherfucker. Now, I had nothing to base that on except one aspect of the car. And I had that quick flash of thought. And then I was proven right when the green light went. And we went about as slow as you could expect to go if the car had one cylinder <laughs> and no fuel in it. Yeah. <laughs> the person had to get out and push. Yeah. So basically it would look like they'd made the pack racks out of broom handles, oh. uh, duct tape, and uh, a, some clever bracketing system that they've sort of rigged up on the roof. And that quick glimpse of those handmade, homemade DIY uh, roof racks, which, you know, normally I would support the whole concept. Yeah. I thought, oh, no, here we go. This is going to be a fucking shit drive. It's going to be a slow ride, yeah. It's going to – it's not going to be – this is not going to bode well. Right. So my thought is, and my question is to you, have you had the similar situations? Like, do you ever, you know, move in behind someone in the traffic or you pull up at some lights and you're behind somebody and you just instinctively – you just look at the car and it could be – it could be a sticker saying Jesus loves you. It could be, um, it could be, it could be a group of people in the car and the way that they're interacting. But you know that it's not going to be regular. Just move off with the traffic and be easy. Do you ever get that? For me, it's any car on the road. I'm just oh, like, yeah, no get one the goes fuck out speed. of my way. <laughs> Actually, anyone who's listened to this podcast since the early days would probably confirm that. You're like, Luke's yeah. always carrying on about the traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I was almost killed on the road today, actually, thanks to a little old man in his fucking Lexus, Lexus bullshit car. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's another story. But um, it is. well, look, I, I am happy to give a wide arc to learner drivers, for example. 
Of e- course. Even older drivers generally, if I can see them sort of put, put, putting along, you know, then I sort of just, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I don't rush them or anything like that. I just <laughs> try to get around them when I can and I don't tailgate them. Or, I don't tailgate anyone really, but this yeah. other thing is a bad habit. But, um, Come I mean, on, I, I, you I, fucking <laughs> asshole! <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't have any patience for people that are on their phones texting and shit like that. Oh, and, yeah, of and, course. Yeah. And, you know, usually it's punks. People play to punks. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess there is a bit of a judgment when you see that the car is, you know, 30 years old but not a classic automobile. Like yeah. it's, it's not a well-maintained, well-oiled, you know, pr- uh, loved no. loved item of the household. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's literally sort of strapped together. It's like a Datsun 180B and the, the one of the doors yep. is different, like, from the other door, <laughs> you know. Uh, all the and hub- they don't drive it hard because they've learnt that if they drive it hard, it comes apart. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And they yep. sort of meander along is probably the best word. So, yeah, Absolutely. I definitely give them – I sort of see them coming through. Oh fucking here we go! But often as well, yeah. Often what I've noticed is uh, when there's a group of people in a car because they're all distracted. Um, yes. Usually younger people, but um, I mean, me and you and Keith and Glenn have probably been that way as well. I'm sure. But, but oh, when no there's a when there's stage. a big group of people in a car, they're like 30, 40 people in. A car. <laughs> then um, yeah, I sort it's of a regular Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of think, oh fucking here we go. Come on, keep an eye on the fucking traffic light. Um, yeah, and I get impatient with those cockheads. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I just, uh, it, it was just funny how it confirmed it almost immediately for me. And it just made me, it made me have a little bit of a laugh and I thought, yeah, so I'm curious. I'm sure everyone has those moments. Well, it's funny. I think, I think, um, I, I think you're the same as me. I think we really try not to judge. We're not. I don't think we're judgmental people, but I think no. there is an inherent thing there where we. It's like a default setting where we'll look at something or someone or a situation and go, "Or, oh, you know, this is. I think what's going to happen, or this is what's going on here." And it, and sometimes it isn't the case at all. But I think we naturally sort of go, "What the fuck?" You know. <laughs> for some reason, for some reason, I've got this visual of a really. A really small guy, um, and he's he's gripping onto the steering wheel for dear life. Right? He looks like he looks like if he wasn't hanging on so hard, he'd be below the height of the steering wheel. And he's got a really bald head, but he's got quite a lot of hair around the sides of his head. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's really shiny on the top. He's wearing quite thick spectacles, like the the bottle uh, ring kind of ones. Yeah. And he's got quite a bushy beard. Not a stylish beard. Nah. Just a bushy beard. He's He works at a library. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, he just, he does cataloging. He's got a pen, some, he's got a know, pen in his top pocket. Yeah, Popular Mechanics magazine since oh, yeah. 1972. Yeah. And uh, I just feel, <laughs> I've just got this idea of just sort of grasping onto the wheel desperately. Yeah, white And knuckles. if I drove past yeah. someone like that, I'd be like, yeah, I need to keep a wide berth <laughs> yeah. from this guy. I just get really <laughs> nervous when I'm driving. <laughs> you can't trust the other drivers, you see. He sways, like he just sways left and right. Some of those people <laughs> yeah. that treat lanes as a recommendation, not a law. They <laughs> <laughs> just sort of waft across the lanes, <laughs> halfway across the road, yeah. And he goes, oh, he goes from his house to the library. To the yeah. shops and then to home. That's where he's going. He doesn't go anywhere yeah. else, you know, unless the he's getting a bus. Day. 
He's a bit of a train watcher. He likes, you know, he's tra- he does the train watching hobby. Um, That's it, mate. But he doesn't go on the train because he doesn't trust. What's the, his name? He doesn't trust the youths of today. But he'll get the bus because he often finds the clientele on the bus is a little bit more somber, a little bit more sort of elderly, and he can have a bit of a, you know, a, a, a lightweight sort of chat with these people on the bus. But the the train terrifies him. Driving isn't his forte, but he does it out of necessity. <laughs> I think his name might be something like Gilbert. Gilbert. What's his voice again? Oh, it's a bit sort of tied up because I was a jockey many years ago. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't like. think it's a look at me now, but I'm. Co- yeah, I was quite the uh, just a local champion. You know, nothing, nothing grandiose, of course. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. I, uh, What's his name again? What's your name again? Uh, Gilbert Sullivan. Uh, yeah, Gilbert um, Sullivan. You might uh, you might remember me. I was actually in Sons and Daughters, uh, a very old show from the eighties. Uh, play aired here in Australia. Uh, oh, it was good times. It was good times. Isn't Gilbert and Sullivan like a theatrical company? Oh, it, it is actually. It's a funny thing. Yeah, a lot of people think I'm associated with that organisation, but I'm here to tell you that it's not the case at all. I reckon Gilbert. Now, don't please don't take it personally, but I sort of feel like maybe you you never did actually achieve jockeydom. And that you were perhaps more an equestrian fan. You know, you knew a lot about the horses, you knew a lot about the other jockeys, but you maybe you didn't have quite the success that you, you're telling me. Well, look, I, I've got to be honest. I was more, I was more the fluffer for the stud horse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, poor old Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, is it a theatrical that company or what? Yeah, do you want to Google it? Google it right now. Gilbert and Sullivan. All right, all right, all right. Is that, was, that, was it a band? Is it a band? No. Gilbert and Suff- Sullivan. Hang on, I'll, I'll look it up. I'm yeah, looking it right, up right, right now. All right. The musical artist. Yeah, I thought so. Gilbert and Sullivan, yeah. Gilbert and Sullivan refers to Victorian-era theatrical partnership of the dramatist W.S. Gilbert and the composer Albert Arthur Sullivan and the work jointly created. There you go. I told you this episode's about learning. We've learned yeah. a lot from Gilbert. Uh, <laughs> we are fine. We are learning a lot about ourselves and each other. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's crack on with right. the pop quiz, Warren. Okay, let's go. Number eleven. What is the flavour? What is the flavour of the alcoholic beverage, Contro? Oh fuck! Have you ever had it? I feel like I have. Is it watermelon? It's delicious. No, good guess. It's orange. Oh, okay. It was a fruit. You're I'm not a drinker, mate. I don't fucking know. You're in the realm of fruit, but yeah, I no, didn't quite yeah. get that one. Uh, I, no. You know me, mate. I do not want to spend any time in the realm of fruit. <laughs> no, nah, that fear is just, it really takes over, doesn't it? That fear of fruit. Um, well, now I've got this animated movie in my head, so I'm, I, I'm still me. It's real life action, like acting. Yep. But I'm in this um, slightly green screened version, and it's just massive fruit you forest everywhere. You're chased by fruit, yeah. It's just like, just yeah. bom, 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 yes. bom, 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 And you're like, ah! It's like the age of the Harryhausen, um, like, miniatures that were animated, like yeah. Journey to the Centre of the Earth and all those different monster movies that they made in the 50s and 60s. I reckon it's just like that, but it's oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I reckon you wake up in the dead of night, like, drenched in sweat, remembering the, the commercial, the Ribena 
commercial with the giant, <laughs> the giant grapes. Yeah. <laughs> giant talking. Terrified out of happy, my mind. Happy grapes are not your cup of tea. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Okay. All right. <laughs> Question 12. What year did the movie Titanic come out? Uh, was that 1997? Yeah, spot on, son. Well done. Okay. Uh, when did the work... Well, hang on. Let me start that again. This one's for you, Big Was. When did the Cold War officially end? Oh, fuck. I'd actually, I'm... I would say, like, 91, but it's it's it was different in different countries. Well, that's right. So this was an American website, and it said 1989, but I remember... Uh, after talking to you many, many times about the Cold War, uh, reading a little bit about it, and I'm sure I saw it said 1991. So, yeah, I guess it depends on your point of view. So I'll give that one to you. I'll give that You'll one You'll give to me you. that one. I'll let I you think, that one. Um, I think, yeah, I think some people look at when the, the Berlin Wall came down yeah, as okay. being the end of the Cold War, but I think it still took some time for, you know, the – the USSR to split up and for those nations to get sovereignty and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of conjecture in terms of what people think. Yeah, uh, so I'll let you have that one on a technicality. Thanks so much, mate. Appreciate it. No worries. That. That's the kind of uh, quiz master that I am. Very generous. Yeah, generous. And, uh, giving. A, a beautiful moustache. Um, <laughs> number, number 14, the Statue of Liberty was given to the US by which other country? By France. Well done. No worries. Question, question 15, which instrument did, and don't just say <laughs> the obvious. Uh, don't give me the answer. <laughs> which, which instrument did John Lennon play in the Beatles? Uh, he played the guitar. <laughs> yeah, but what, you know, what uh, angle? What type? Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not sure. Was it a Rickenbacker? No, 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 no. Like, you know, there's Kirk Hammett. And then there's James Hetfield, and they both play guitar, don't they? But <laughs> yes. one plays and the other Rhythm one. Rhythm guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your answer? Rhythm guitar? Um, I'm going to say rhythm guitar because I'm not entirely sure, actually. Yeah, it's rhythm guitar. Okay, great. <laughs> I had a feeling that um, George Harrison was lead. I did have a feeling. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and McCartney on bass. Paul um, was bass. Yeah, I actually, I used to make that mistake a lot. I didn't, um, I don't think I ever clicked that Paul McCartney was bass for a long oh, time. Oh, okay. Uh, Left-handed yeah, bass as well. And you know, oh, what's the song? Oh, there's a, I can't remember the song now, but there's, there's one of the songs, one of their iconic songs, where you hear a bass sh- sh- uh, string be pulled, and it goes bang at the beginning. Um, anyway, he, yeah, Paul McCartney did that vibrating noise with his thumbnail on the bass string. Cool. That's, yeah. that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's why he's still going strong today, mate. That kind of, <laughs> yeah. It, We're not bass players, right? kind of action. Bass players don't get old. Just look at Glenn. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Eternally youthful, eternally vibrant. Yeah, that's right. All right, question yep. number 16. Who played Morpheus in The Matrix? That'd be Lawrence Fishburne. Correct. I'm not surprised you got that one, actually. <laughs> no, no, that one's a bit more straightforward. Number 17, which is the largest desert in the world? In the world, oh. I would say the Sahara. Correct. Well done. Okay. Number 18, what do you call someone who makes shoes for horses? 
Is that a farrier? Yeah, well done, well done. Okay, cool. That's one of those questions I reckon I would know the answer but may not think of it right there and then, and as soon as someone says it, I'll be like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yes, that's what it's called, yeah. Well, sometimes the word pops in your head, but you don't feel very confident to say it because you feel like you get laughed out of the place. They're like, farrier, farrier. You're going to be like, mate, that's the leather worker that makes the saddles, you dumb bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just mumble it out. Is that a fufu? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I said Farrier, mate. Yeah, I definitely said Farrier. <laughs> uh, question 19, what iconic... Uh, no. Hang on. Oh, what name? iconic TV show was the first to show an interracial kiss? Hmm. Okay. Uh, the first. Yeah. Interracial kiss. Very iconic show. Hmm. See, I would say Happy Days, but it's probably not. Is that your final answer? Yes. No. Um, But same sort of era, I believe. Yeah, Um, okay. I think. Uh, No, it was Star Trek. Was it really? Yeah, the first uh, Captain James Kirk. Right, I yeah. did not know. I wouldn't. Know, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have said Star Trek. Oh, okay. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And I they, liked that. I, I've suddenly my respect for Star Trek has gone up. They probably also were the first to show an intergalactic kiss as well. Well, that's actually <laughs> what I was just thinking. Interspecies. I was just thinking. Oh, did you ask me? Was it a trick question? I was, thinking, was he in bed with a green alien or something? Yeah. Apparently, uh, Spock banged the shit out of. Was it Zulu? Was that a name? Oh, I'm getting confused. Or was that the guy? I don't know. <laughs> I think that was the guy. But that's okay. That's fine. Power cutting. Uh, <laughs> all right. Question. Uh, yeah. 20. Who wrote Treasure Island? Robert Lewis Stevenson. Yes. Stevenson. Well done, my friend. Let's go, Thank to you a, very uh, much. go to a quick break and we'll come back with more questionnaires. Okay! It's the Fly on the Wall motherfucking podcast. Hey, Warren. Hey, Luke. Where can people email us if they'd like to? If you'd like to email us, we'd be really excited to hear from you. So you can say the Fly on the Wall podcast, one one, at gmail.com. And if uh, they wanted to find us on our brand new sparkling Instagram, Luke, well, what's that? Well, before we get to that, what if someone doesn't have any arms and they'd like to email us? <laughs> I don't know. The Fly on the Wall podcast with an underscore between each of those words with an 11 at the end of that. What's the... I don't get where the arms comment was. Me neither, Warren. Okay. (laughs) Brilliant. Okay. I was left very confused. Me too. Okay, and on um, on Twitter, um, you can... It's at Fly on the Wall PO1. One. One. Did you say one at the end? Yeah, P-O-1. Just the one one? Just just one one after the P-O. As in two ones or just one? Just one one, not 11. Which one? Just one. Which one, though? Yeah. My <laughs> one or one. your one? <laughs> yeah, my one. <laughs> P-O-1. <laughs> Episode one, two, six next week. We should just t- talk like that the whole time. <laughs> Fucking hell. We'll lose the, the we'll lose the small diehard fans that we do have. <laughs> but it will make small, us laugh. 
the small faithful band of ragtag fans that we have at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're yeah. actually called the Suicide Squad because they're not going to last much longer. Bless you, one and all. Number twenty-one. What does BAFTA stand for? What is what? Sorry, BAFTA. BAFTA. Yeah, is in the awards. Oh, BAFTA. Okay, BAFTA. Uh, British. <laughs> BAFTA. BAFTA. How do you say it? BAFTA, 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 BAFTA. I'm going to say the British British, uh, British Awards for Film and Television, British Film and Television Awards. <laughs> you got some of the words right. Uh, yeah. It's the British Academy of Film and Television and Arts. Oh, and Arts, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 BAFTA. Two of those words were fucking <laughs> wrong. I'll give, you the, I'll give you a no on that one. Um, okay. Number, <laughs> number 22. No worries. How many hearts does an octopus have? Oh, jeez, man. In an octopus's garden. I'm just going to say two. If you'd said three, you'd be right. <laughs> okay. That's a no on that one. <laughs> Who directed Jaws? Yeah. That's more terrifying than anything that that John Williams has produced, mate. And Steven Spielberg. Yes, well done, well done. Twenty-four. What was the official name of the Tommy Gun? Tommy Gun. That's the Thompson M1. No, not M1. No. Thompson. You're half there. Tom's just Thompson's submachine gun. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. The M1 was a rifle, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, the Thompson um, submachine gun was also known as the Chicago typewriter because the Chicago gangsters loved it and would uh, basically dot out their messages to the coppers. <laughs> I think that's cool. You'll never catch me, see? Uh, I got my Tommy gun. Look, right. I'll give you a yes on that one because you got it half right. You got the Thompson part. Um, 25. Who wrote the classic right. novel David Copperfield? Oh, shit. I know the answer to that. Just tell me then. Don't hold back. Well, I don't. But... <laughs> <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I know the answer I... to that one, but I'm not going to tell the likes of you. <laughs> I don't feel like saying it right now. Oh, I can't think of the fucking author. I th- oh, nah, it's gone. I haven't got it in my head. If I said... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't got it there. If I said Miles Chickens, would that ring your bell? <laughs> no, it wouldn't, mate. No. Uh, I'm not surprised <laughs> it wouldn't ring your bell because it's Charles Dickens. But, uh, oh, Charles Dickens, yeah, okay. that old crooner. Fucking hell, no. I'm thinking, oh, I think he wrote Oliver as well. He did, yeah. Oliver Twist, Oliver yeah, Twist. okay. Yep, yep. I just couldn't think of the name for some reason. Um. Number 26, what was the front man of Nirvana's full name? <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> Kurt Sebastian Cobain? <laughs> no. Kurt Donald Cobain. <laughs> Donald, I wouldn't have got Donald. Yeah, poor bastard. Yeah, definitely uh, not. Number 27, here we go, Warren, here we go. Here uh, we fucking go. <laughs> um, what Metallica song is this lyric from? Ready? Listening? Yep. Innocence torn from me without your shelter-barred reality. I'm living blindly. 
Dyer's Eve. Oh, well done. Yeah, well done. Well done. Yeah. You know your Metallica shit, mate. I good. love that good. song. Yeah, well done. Um, I'm living blindly. <laughs> yeah, go on, sing that whole line. No, I'm not going to. Oh, please. <laughs> but reality, I'm living blindly. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I just put the devil horns in the air. Um, <laughs> in my cabin by myself. <laughs> that's right, mate. Thrashing around like an octopus with three hearts. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> which country, number 28, which country, hang on, which country, what? My writing is fucked, Warren. I think I was, I think I was drunk when I wrote these. Um, oh, which country can the ancient city of Petra be found? Uh, Jordan. Oh, well done. And you know which famous movie it's featured in, Warren? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> Something told me you know and, that answer. And actually Transformers. Oh, yeah, and there was another one as well, but I forget. And the, yeah, yeah, there's, I think there's a few movies that have used it because it's quite a distinctive landmark. Well, that entrance way as well is, is very distinctive, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I actually, when I, I remember when I first saw the movie as a kid, uh, uh, that's uh, Indiana Jones one, I yes. just assumed it was a set, and I remember Dad telling me that's an actual place. I was like, wow. That's a, yeah, it's pretty brilliant. cool. Yeah. I don't think it's as closed <laughs> in as they sort of uh, – made it in the movie sort of seem like it was in the canyon of the crescent moon in the movie and everything. Oh, but, is that um, right? Okay. I don't think it was quite as closed off, but it's in a series of, of canyons. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's no, cool. Yeah, it's very, very, um, well, stunning. Yeah, it's epic. It's got an epic sort of like a like a Lord of the Rings kind of, you know, to uh, called Helm's Deep kind of vibe about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's no, uh, great. Number 29, how many holes does a bowling ball have? Now, think about it. No, I wasn't your, planning to, mate. I was just going to throw myself in. You stuck your finger uh, in a few so holes, I, mate. So pretty sure it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Well, you, did you say how many holes did a bowling ball? You didn't didn't trick me by saying how many finger holes. Uh, it's got three. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Two in the pink. One in the stink. <laughs> that's, it, mate. that's exactly how they talk about bowling. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the most famous uh, uh, world champion bowling team is. Two in the pink, one in the stick. Yeah, Gilbert and Sullivan <laughs> actually. Uh, Gilbert and Sullivan actually uh, were the team uh, captains. Um, <laughs> number thirty. What is the world's loudest animal apart from me? <laughs> <laughs> That's good, mate. That's very good. The world's loudest animal. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I don't think I've ever. Wondered it or thought about it before. Let me give me a moment if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Bear with me. You can jump on Google. The, no, 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 <laughs> not at all. I'm, I'm sitting with the phone against my head. I'm not going to Google it. I don't want it. Um, okay, the world's loudest animal. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like what species it would it would come from. Why don't you like um, out loud give us yeah. your best impressions of some animals that you think could be <laughs> loud. <laughs> <laughs> we use it as research. <laughs> Go on. I'm feeling like there's something that honks and it's really loud. Well, I. Honk! Yeah. Honk! I, I was thinking like a donkey, like. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing it's not any any aquatic life because. Um, even though, yeah, a whale can make some pretty decent sounds, it carries very far because of water. So I think it's a, a mammal or some kind of bird. 
I'm going to say elephant. Um, no, you are on the right path with the aquatic. And it is oh, actually really? a whale, which you know a whale is a mammal, don't you? Oh, yes, of course, yeah. yeah but so I just was thinking, the blue, was, the, sorry, a land mammal was what I was thinking. It the was, bl- the blue whale is the loudest animal in the world. So when I said whale, I was correct. Yeah, you were spot on. I was going to stop you. And I thought, no, let him keep going. <laughs> yeah, let him dig himself a great big whale-sized fucking hole. I was going to say a blue whale, but then I thought <laughs> maybe maybe a muskrat. <laughs> and what's their noise, Luke? A muskrat. Yeah. They're like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'm much more interested in finding a muskrat to see what they do do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a blue whale. Okay, all right, so all because... Right. Yeah. Now, have they? They've obviously measured the the volume as it as it comes out of the animal. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's the size of their lungs or something. And like you said, um, it it travels because of the water as well. Um, yeah. So that made me wonder: <laughs> Did they drag it out of the water, and make it scream? <laughs> like just stab yeah, it. You're with, not as loud as you say you sound, mate. They stabbed it with like you know, uh, like cattle <gasps> cattle prods. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. poor old Bluey, yeah, poor old Bluey the whale. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> why don't we? Uh, we'll come back after this break uh, with Dawn of the Shed, and I'll also give you the score, Warren, of how you, oh, how, you so fared, how you fared over those 30 questions. I'm thinking you fared pretty well, actually, but we'll give you a total in a minute. I'm reasonably happy. All right. We'll come back soon. <laughs> Shout out to all the weirdos and perverts out there. I'm Alex Marks from Bitch Black, and I'm here to introduce Fly in the Wall podcast with these crazy motherfuckers. Why don't you come check me out on Instagram at alexmarks68, and I will either creep you out or make you super horny. The dawn of the Back in. Uh, so, Big Was, you did very well. 18, right. 18 out of 30. Uh, I was hoping for over 20. Oh, I thought two thirds would be nice, but 18 is not bad. If I got three, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you really? Three out of 30? Uh, I think if you're coming to the table with all your bloody fancy questions, um, <laughs> yeah, if I got three right, because I'm guessing you're not going to say, like, what year did World War Two start, Luke? Because you know that I would know that. But so. Uh, well, I might give you something similar. It just might be a certain different kind of aspect of World War Two. No, nah, I think yours would be a lot more highbrow. No, I doubt it. You often say that, but then I'll be like, when was meat invented? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. We should Google. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to tell you a story, actually, because okay. when I was oh, – what was it? What was it? What was it? Um, I was looking up something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I, when I looked up the question – uh, yeah. When I was on the, the bowling ball one, how many holes, right? <laughs> I started typing that in. Yeah. You know, and oh, you know geez. how it comes up on Google, like what other people have searched, so it becomes a, a common... 
a common yeah. one. The, co- oh, the most common one was, how many holes does a woman have? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I thought you would say. I was like, what because- the fuck? Yeah, because I think they hear they hear this, you know, whispered talk of there's actually there's an extra one that you, yeah. know, you don't think about, you're not aware of. What, what's going on? There's a black hole really where confused. things. Where things is just, it? I can't find it. There's a black hole where things just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true too. Oh, that, uh, yeah, I was like, what? Who is? Yeah, unless you're like a you know little virgin sitting there going, oh, I wonder how many holes well, a girl has. Like, I don't know, just sort of. <laughs> creeped me out a bit. I was like, fucking what? <laughs> well, they're probably, there's all these confident guys, probably older than that as well, sitting there at work like, nah, mate, no problem. Yeah, like two of the big ones. Stick. Like all these people talking. <laughs> yeah. And then they're actually hit with a real question. There's somebody innocently asks them, like, oh, you, you know, the lady has, has three holes, but Fuck off, Gilbert. Like, you don't know fucking <laughs> women. <laughs> Gilbert, Gilbert's actually a fucking lady killer. He, <laughs> yeah. He's all over yeah. it. But um, yeah, I don't think he realised just how sexual a lady can be with the right guy. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but, um, yeah, I, I can imagine a lot of guys at many age levels Googling that very question. Yeah, I suppose. A few beers and you go, nah, nah, they got the piss hole, the shit hole <laughs> and the fuck hole. <laughs> 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 what a debate! Yeah. Eh? What a debate to have! <laughs> what a workplace conversation! Uh, yeah, yeah, I can definitely <laughs> see that. Um, oh, so the cabin, idea. Warren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very relevant uh, segue. Well, the cabin is no hole, let me tell you. Um, no, it certainly isn't. The cabin is a very special place, and I was just in the unless in- you say it's a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, in yeah. the intro, uh, yeah, I'd said I was broadcasting from here this evening, and lovely. Uh, yeah, I've I've moved in, moved in um, technically about <laughs> uh, on Thursday last week. Um, and, you know, put my desk in and uh, put my hobby stuff in here and uh, hung up my binoculars that I plan on observing the town. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I thought it'd be cool to look at the horizon with my binoculars. Of course it would, mate, yeah. Um, I've got a, uh, a wonder wax, an old round tin on the windowsill. It's just a very vintage old tin that I got from my grandma. Um, okay. That that looks good. It pleases my eye. Um, yeah, great. yeah, no. So everything's sort of just in the place. one. It only pleases the one eye, or <laughs> yeah, my brown eye. Yeah, um, yeah right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's I wax. Just rub a little see? dab yeah. of wax around the hole, and it's all good. And then I Google how many holes I should have, and then I explore myself to see how many holes I've really got there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, no, so it's got a yeah, it's got a really nice vibe in here. Um, on Saturday. Yeah, it looks on Saturday, the little one and I, uh, she did. She was writing some letters to her grandparents and did some drawings while I did some hobby. Uh, excuse me. And uh, yesterday being Father's Day, happy Father's Day, Warren. Um, oh, thanks, mate. You too. And all of the dads out there listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or, or important, you know, important uh, figures, parental figures in people's lives. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so yesterday as well had all the girls in here and they were like doing their drawing, oh. drawings and stuff and it was it was a little bit snug and we had our, uh, we had a picnic or like a little buffet thing in here as well, which was kind of cool. And then nice. they, they very graciously left me to my own devices for about an hour to do a 
little bit more hobby, <laughs> which I appreciate. It. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's got a I, I don't know what I don't know how to explain it, but it's got a very nice feeling in here. It's just it's just you nice. built it, mate. That's why you built that space. Yeah, I guess I guess that comes into play. It's it's a feeling of, of like wow, I I put this together. <laughs> That's right, mate. That's exactly right. It's like looking at one of your you know your miniatures and being really proud of what you've made. But this happens to be something you can spend time in and occupy, you know? It's yeah, great. Yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to when lockdown is over, I can have all you boys over. Uh, Glenn's already messaged and said he wants to get drunk in the cabin, which I think is a, <laughs> is a very solid plan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lockdown, all your paints and all your plastic figures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then also, yeah, of course, it's the, it's the Fly on the Wall podcast headquarters, so I'm looking forward That's to when... It. You're on the other side of the desk, my friend, and we uh, we plug in and and record properly together. I think that'll be That's fun right. to have our own little space, and uh, yeah, eventually when we've got the wood heater fired up, I'll be able to boil the billy kettle on there and make us a cup of coffee, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe a bit of damper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's good, mate. A couple of baked spuds. Beautiful, yeah, a couple mate. Of pancakes, beautiful. A couple of pancakes, a bit of bacon. Yeah, um, yeah no, I think we'd be, I think we'd be quite happy in here together, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Mate. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, no, it looks tremendous. I've seen the uh, the little spread of photos that you put up today, and it really does give people uh, an overview of exactly the space that you were hoping to create because now you've actually populated it with your stuff. So yeah. it looks amazing. looks great. I think uh, the, the house um, is a little bit smaller than the other house we lived in. So, and yeah. that, you know, that's okay. We actually prefer a smaller house, to be honest. Of but, course. Because we don't, we don't like waste. But, um, but where I was situated, I was grateful for the space, but it was a little bit squishy. So, and now I've got, and I'm, I'm not a small man, as you know, Warren. So um, it <laughs> It was kind of good to stretch the legs a little bit more and, you know, and then put my shit all over the place. Not literally, but, yeah. Um, well, look, mate, some people have a man cave, you know, and they yeah, put, you know, it, yeah. dartboard up on the wall, pool table in the room, TVs, you know, arcade. You have populated it with all your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it is the Luke cave. <laughs> it's, it's very much got a sort of Luke from when I was 14, 15 vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stuff everywhere. Yeah, but, uh, but when... When we do do the podcast together, I'll make sure it's tidy. Uh, and I want, and there, there is, I do want to make an effort to keep things tidy. I generally work better in sort of organised chaos when it comes to my hobby, uh, yep. because it's just you know all about being creative and just going bang, bang, bang. It's not about going. Oh, make sure I put this away, um, which is very, which is the polar opposite to um, how I work with my day job. <laughs> but, yeah, yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got. Um, I feel like a, a little kid in my sort of clubhouse. <laughs> no. No. Well, I'm um, excited yeah. for you, mate. I'm. I'm glad that you were so motivated to kind of reach that line where you could say, "Yep, I'm going to start moving my stuff in." Yeah, it's. I mean, it's so all sealed off now. Like I said last week, we've finished off that gable. Um, I've still yep. got to do a little bit under the floor, but we can't do that until lockdown's over, obviously. And uh, and uh, yeah, want to finish off the loft. Hopefully, might do that this weekend. And um, See, mate. but that's really it. But like you'd mentioned on one of the episodes, I probably will find myself tinkering here and there, doing fixing bits and adding bits and stuff like that over time. Uh, I'd really like to put on a veranda, just a small one. Um, and I've got I've got an idea to do. Um, uh, I think had we talked about this before, but the guttering, so I can sort of collect rainwater, so I can boil my own water that I've collected. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, maybe some planter boxes for herbs and stuff like that as well. So, yeah. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah. Basically, you don't ever want to have to go out <laughs> and you don't ever have to want to use the house again. Well, ideally, yeah. No, no. I'm yeah, happy composting to... toilet. <laughs> I'm happy to <laughs> go in the house, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, like, and and it's an open door. So I've said to the whole family, don't think of it as like, oh, dad's in his man cave and it's just for him. Not at all. I yeah. want it to be like, it welcome all, you know, anyone. The neighbours can come in for a cup of tea. <laughs> uh, that's him, mate. They oh, can't, that's nice. They can't stay long. No, no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was just joking. Yeah. Oh, well. No, but uh, it should be fun. was there. That was nice for a moment. And I think all four of us, all four of uh, as in me, you, uh, uh, little Keith and the gorgeous Glenn, I think all of us yeah. sitting here um, getting blind, listening to metal, I think that'd be kind of fucking cool. It will be cool, mate. It will be cool. You're literally <laughs> yeah. laying over each other by the end. Yeah, that's it. Actually, speaking of yeah. the boys, um, yeah, I'm, well, I'm obviously missing you a, lot, a great deal as well and missing the other two boys. And uh, I, li- I listened to episode 108 today where we were all together at Keith's house doing the um, the top 10 movies of all time. Indeed, and, yes. Oh, man, I, I was laughing. I had tears in my eyes of like from laughing so much while I was working. <laughs> It's, it's yeah. a really, really good episode. Even if other people don't like it, I think it's great that we've got it down there as one of the episodes. <coughs> Excuse me. Absolutely. I've listened to that one a few times because I, I just love listening to the four of us having a nice time together. But, the, the yeah, the banter between all of us is actually, like, funny as fuck. Like, it re- I don't know I'm biased, <laughs> but, it, but it really is. Just a is. little. <laughs> yeah, Keith with just him being Keith. Uh, <laughs> it cracks me up. And then Glenn uh, is so, like, he's really, he, there's a subtlety about him, but then he's kind of just like, bang. Like, he'll just say something that just floors me, and I was cracking up. Like, yeah, yeah. and then obviously me and you are the comedic geniuses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But no, it's, it's, a, it's a great they, episode. They never cease to surprise me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really, really good episode. Um, now, you had something else you wanted to tell us. Uh, it was just another. It was just another interesting thing that I was thinking about today. Observation. Um, yeah. So I was driving along, and I occasionally have just Gold One Hundred Four on, which is basically a radio station where they play stuff from normally these days, like seventies, eighties, nineties. But yeah. but there is some early two thousand stuff, um, and it's just you know you tend to recognise everything, and I don't mind that. I quite like that just for background stuff a lot of the time, and. Um, driving along and the first song that was on was like no doubt um don't speak i think it was okay and so yeah and i ended up uh, it was it was only on briefly and then it was off and i was singing this ridiculous version of it where i changed the way i shaped the words as i was (laughs) singing it yep and it sounded ridiculous and then i realized i was like that's fucking ridiculous i kept doing it too like the same passage of the song and then uh, I'd stopped the car, I had to do a job, and then I left. And then there was um, Pour Some Sugar On Me uh, by Def Leppard. Oh, okay. Right, and then I found myself doing something different but kind of ridiculously stupid and similar to that. And I thought, what is wrong with me today? <laughs> like, and I was <laughs> what is actually wrong with me? Because I was going, now just bear with me, viewers and Luke, and I'll give you an example of this one because I thought to myself, okay, I need to remember this as a talking point and wondering because I know you sing some, you know, you'll do like a good mimicry of songs, but you'll also have some, you'll change lyrics and, you know, mess around with a little bit. But I wondered if you actually morph the words themselves into just weird sounds. 
So I was going, Pillstone Sugar Own Moo. And I was just drawing like a Pillstone Sugar Own Moo. Making sure that the sound was the same. Uh, and I was thinking, you're a fucking madman, Warren. Yeah, no, I do shit like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we just, maybe no one owns up to these things normally. Maybe that's the uh, the thing that just difference but i wanted to bring it up because i thought yeah you no doubt you'll do it <laughs> yeah yeah i i do the craziest stuff while i'm driving around like and yeah i often i often suddenly it's like i'm a fly on my own window <laughs> you know looking at myself going you are a fucking lunatic but then five minutes later i'm doing just as crazy stuff like oh oh I, I think i've told you this before on the podcast where i'll drive along i'll see someone I'll see someone yeah. walk along the ro- on the side of the road and I'll come up with a whole story, like a whole story of who yeah. they are, where they've been, and it's always seedy. It's always fucking, like, filthy, dirty stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> but then other times, I'll just make chicken noises. I'll just drive along and just be... Like, I'll sing that song. But then I'll drive past someone. A, a big a big thing I do, I love doing this. I do it with the kids in the car and the wife in the car, and I'm the only one that laughs at this. But I'll drive yeah. along, especially when we start heading out to, like, the country areas, and I'll give people a wave, you know, like other drivers. Okay, but I'll, I'll make it really obvious, like I'm saluting them, like, hey, you know, just while we're in the car driving. <laughs> but then also... Uh, what I do around the suburbs is, if you know when you drive along and someone catches your eye when you're driving past them? You yeah. know, you just happen to catch each other's eye as you drive past them. <laughs> yeah. Could be someone walking on the street, could be someone in the car. And I'll raise my eyebrows and open my mouth really wide. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> I, li- I like to think to myself, they they'd keep driving, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with that guy? Yeah, and that will be a story. That will be a story for them later on in the day when they tell their family about it. That's true. So, yeah, it's all pretty crazy. Actually, the craziest thing I've done recently is, well, I don't think it's crazy. I think I was just needing to feel, like, particularly upbeat this day. I can't remember which day it was. I think it was, like, (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday last week. But I put on a a playlist of Christmas songs. (laughs) Oh, that's that's beautiful. And and they make me so happy when I sing them. And while I'm driving around, (laughs) jingle bells. And I thought, why do we only listen to these great songs at Christmas time? Uh, yeah, because some are, some are actually quite uh, yeah quite celebratory and yeah. majestic and yeah it makes you feel happy absolutely high on but, life yeah, I was I was high of... on life as I was singing it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas I must admit those those more uh, crooner songs from Christmas are a delightful little treat to have at that time of year they are a little bit special oh great stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good, mate. I, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that it doesn't. It doesn't focus itself just on Christmas with you, mate. You just went. No, I need to celebrate right now. Yeah, I think uh, something makes you feel good, feel happy. Do it. Well, I must admit, your uh, your little bit of Elvis impersonation last week for the Genghis meets Elvis special. Are you like him? Uh, you we, like him? I did, I did, and and I found myself. I actually watched. Um, made me think of Eddie Murphy's. Uh, Elvis impression as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Delirious, and so I was watching that. And now I've been Lemonade. walking around the house going, 
<laughs> we gotta win this race. And like, <laughs> and, uh, and nice cool lemonade. Yeah. And, uh, and like, just like, kept, keep doing those little versions. But then, yeah, I was just thinking you were talking about Christmas songs before. Um, I'll often, I mean, this, you know, my children don't, I wouldn't say they enjoy it. I think they just tolerate it. Yeah. So I'll walk around the house singing a lot. Now, I'm not a gifted singer, unlike your, your good oh, self. I think you're better than what you give yourself credit for, but continue. Well, I'm very passionate when it comes to the <laughs> right moment. So I'm going, I'm a little teapot, short and stout. <laughs> and I start singing, I'm a little teapot, with a sort of a crooner attitude. And I think it's an underrated piece of piece of music, mate. Yeah, well, we were playing. Um, we were playing Uno the other. Oh, yesterday, Father's Day. <laughs> yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, the eldest suddenly popped up and said, "You actually don't ever stop making noises, Dad. Whether you're whether you're beatboxing or singing some weird song or talking or humming or tapping with your fingers, you're actually you actually never stop making noise." <laughs> <laughs> you're like, good, good. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I reckon we wrap this episode up. Um, just wanted to say that, uh, yeah, uh, if you guys enjoyed the chat with Dad and I um, last week, um, we started talking about rock and roll. We've got episode two after Warren and I say goodbye. Um, so, you know, stick around for that if you enjoyed that chat. Um, this week's episode is a bit more of a sort of a two blokes at a pub sort of talking about rock and roll. It's got that kind of vibe to it, um, but still just as fun, so I hope you're enjoying it. Um, but, yeah, I think episode 125, roaring success, Warren. I'm glad you played along with the pop quiz, and I'm sorry if I pulled the rug from under your feet, but you did extraordinarily well. And I think 18, 18 out of 30 is is something to be very proud of. So well done to you. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, everybody, for your support um, through this time. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do the same for Luke next week. Yeah, go for it, go for it. Oh, you know me, no fear, and up for a challenge. No worries, mate. I just All did right, a, I just did a clapping it. noise. I'm not sure if you heard it, but it did sound like I was wanking. No, no, I actually saw you doing it with the back of your hands like a seal. Yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> Now, one more thing before we go. Uh, this yep. is more to you, Warren. I just want to say okay. to you, I could probably text it or phone uh-huh. you, but I want you to, uh, there's a show on uh, Netflix at the moment called Stand Up for Drummers. Um, now, I know yep. you're not a drummer, but I know you love music and I know you like comedy. And I yep. think you'd like this show. I watched it last night with the eldest, and it was fucking brilliant. I've forgotten the name of the dude that did it, but um, but he was very funny. He's a uh, a very um, uh, he's a great drummer. He's an all rounder drummer in many different styles he plays, and okay. it's basically him on stage talking about drumming, talking about funny things with music and bands and stuff like that. It is very drum. Centric, but at the same time, I think you'll find you'll get a real buzz out of it, and it's just clever. He just he's he's got a very clever way of delivering and all that kind of stuff. So it's called yeah, stand up for drummers. Anybody else out there interested as well? Go check it out. It's it, yeah, gave me a bit of a tickle. It's really cool. But uh, that's that's it for episode one two five. My name's been Luke, and you are. I'm Big Voss. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Be good to yourselves and be good to those sexy ass goots. And if you find a whale that makes as much noise as they supposedly do, <laughs> give it a hug and introduce it to the three-hearted octopus. <laughs> Toodles!
Uh, do you feel that rock and roll, the popularity of rock and roll, will diminish in any way while you're in the Army? That's hard to tell. Uh, the only thing I can say is I hope not. These men come down here from New York and from Florida to, to find out my reasons on rock and roll music and why I preach against it, and I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Of today. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Oh, there you are. Hello, mate. <laughs> How you going? Yeah, good, son. Not good. Do you have a good day? Hey. Did you have a good day? Yeah, I did. I could hear you louder last time. I'm not hearing you so well today. Oh, really? Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're recording now, so uh, I figured what oh, better no. what better gift for oh, you on what better gift for you on Father's Day than to speak to your son? Yes, and welcome to the show, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I first say we've been inundated with a lot of fan mail from a lot of women. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, we we've had knickers sent to us in the mail, uh, address yeah, sure, addressed right, to okay. Luke's dad. Um, yeah, no, it's been crazy. It's been crazy here at Flying the Wall Podcast I, headquarters. I've had some more interest, but it's been from the police. <laughs> it's about your, it's been about your G string. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, goes, and I was wondering whether you were threatening to pluck it. I was a, uh, I was quite popular at the Catholic school I went to. Okay. Right. I bet you were. Is that, is that where you learned to kneel down in front of the uh, priest with your mouth open? Mouth open and ready to receive anything they gave me. <laughs> I think I've got a little bit of vomit in my mouth now, Dad. Did you kiss the bishop's ring? <laughs> That's a disturbing well, you, visual you to start. You're not sure Catholic audience now. Yeah, it's a disturbing visual to start the episode with. Episode two. Yeah. Um, I'm calling it. I'm calling it the. Uh, as of tonight, I'm calling it the Cool Daddy episodes. Um, okay. Yeah, as a throwback to when you were in radio, uh, amateur radio, for ten years, was it, Dad? Uh, I did it for eight years over a ten-year span. Ah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and you were known as the Cool Daddy, weren't you? Yes, I was. Why did you go for that name when none of us think you're cool? Well, because it sounded better than soggy pussy. <laughs> it does um, have a it does have a nicer yeah. sound to it, yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I don't remember. I think I can't remember now. But it was either, either one of your two big sisters. Where I don't really remember because I've asked them about it when they were younger. One of them started calling. Told me they told me you're a real cool daddy or something like that, or cool dad or something. Okay. So when when years and years and years went by, and I when I went on the radio, and uh, I thought that'd be a nice moniker to have, you know. So, yeah, I like that. And Mum's always been known yeah. as the cool kitten, isn't she? Yes, that was my uh, my invention that one, and uh, yes, yeah, so we quite like that one. Yeah, that's. Whereas you, um, your kids are just called people, bastard people. one, bastard two, bastard three. That's right. Yes, <laughs> and the. And then number seven that you don't know about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Uh, so I suppose I've blown that. I was keeping that secret, but I've blown it now. <laughs> to, to, 
your audience of two will know this now. That's it, that's it. I've doubled since last week, I think. So, uh, last week we ended at you being around about 15, 16. You just started sneaking into the pubs and uh, seeing some bands. Uh, you're, yeah, take, we, you're taking us on a bit of a musical journey, aren't you? Your your personal yeah, we, rock and roll journey. That's right. We just, we'd established some ground rules, I think. We'd said that we weren't going to do a comprehensive history of rock and roll. That's it. Um, we said we'd concentrate more on my own journey because over four or five weeks, half an hour here and there, it's only... That's all we had to do, really, to give it, uh, you know, credence. We also said that we wouldn't worry about the first rock and roll record. It would only be, we'd read that the anal retentives or something like that, I said. <laughs> yeah. I think I think we agreed that the first real rock and roll record for everybody in the world was the first one that made their hips swivel or their hips tap, that yeah, sort of thing. I'd say that's fair. Uh, one thing I did mean to catch up, you know, I tell you it was Bill Haley and his comments for their song, uh, Rock Around the Clock. Yep. And, um... I couldn't remember the name of the film, but of course it came from, it was called in 1954, but in 1955, there's a film called The Blackboard Jungle. The Glenn Ford one, yes. And uh, so Glenn Ford is the te- one of the teachers. Sidney Poitier oh. was in there. I'm not sure if that was his first film. Oh, wow. But he he played the leader of a teenage gang at school. And uh, an actor called Vic Morrow, which I think he used to know about, uh, he had his, he got decapitated in a film, in a film John Landis was directing. Oh. Um, and he died, him and a couple of kids actually, young young kids died tragically in this accident. But anyway, I'm, I'm digressed. Um, he, he was in the film as also a teenage troublemaker, but he was in his mid-twenties, which is what, <laughs> what they used to do sometimes in those films. But anyway, that, the, the theme for that film the theme song was Rock Around the Clock. Oh, okay. And, the, and and when it was released in 54, it uh, didn't really give much of a spark. But when this one came out in 55, then that's what set it off. Oh, okay. Right. I see. I see. Yeah. All right, so, so take us back, Dad. You're uh, yeah, you're 15, 16 now. Um, you've you know you've got a you've got a bit of musical knowledge behind you, um, but yeah, take us back to 1960. What 65, 66? <clears throat> 63. It was um like um it was about, it was 1963 that my grandmother bought me a uh, transistor, a second hand transistor yep. radio. Yep. And then I could listen to music from around the world in some respects I could listen to it in the UK that time in the UK it was only the BBC yep and um, of which there was uh, very few disc jockeys that did the disc jockey thing rather than just be a, an announcer if you know what I mean yeah about what song they're playing now one of them was Brian Matthews and Peter Murray they were um, influences on me on 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 how to do it with a little bit more of an upbeat. Okay, yeah. And uh, occasionally I would catch, I mean, I knew about Alan Freed and Jury Phillips, but occasionally I'd catch on some show other um, Wolfman Jack. He was a huge influence on me. But one of the most lasting influences, when I, started, I think I told you BBC had a monopoly, so we could only listen to whatever they wanted to call, which was usually some boring stuff, you know. Yeah. And... Um, and then um, I, got, I got this show from Europe called Radio Luxembourg. And uh, so the radio, I picked up a station, Radio Luxembourg. That's what a lot of us did in, in the UK. And um, 
and we used to listen in. I think I told you they used to play the songs like halfway through yeah, and then switch to another song. Yeah. But uh, one of the one of the jockeys on there, one of the disc jockeys on there, was a guy called Sam Costa, and he used to play for his theme into his show, the Peter Gunn team. Ah. By by Dwayne Eddy. That's cool. And that's that's right. Yeah. And years later, of course, you know that I grabbed that theme for the intro to my own show, Rock and Roll Heaven. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's so, a great um, bit of music there. But that's where I first went. Sorry, what do you say? That's a great bit of music. Oh, I love that shit. I had one bloke run me out when I was on the radio show. One bloke run me out and said. That's the show they're going to play when I'm on the conveyor belt going into the flames. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. At the end of my life. And I dig that. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, one thing I meant to go back on you, last week we talked about, you asked me if the original artists were jealous of the success the followers came up with, especially the black artists I think we got talking about. And I said, Chuck, very, we used to get quite upset about it. But people like um, Bo Diddley and um, uh, Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters, yeah. Howling Wolf, Howling Wolf, people like that. They always gave credit to the the white blues musicians and rock musicians because they fed it back and it made some people um, get interested in where this original music come from. Yeah. But having said that, there were still some people that didn't quite get it and all they wanted to listen to was the latest song. Didn't matter that the Beatles always gave a shout out to where they got this song from, or the Rolling Stones did the same thing, and so did um, other bands that followed. But um, they, uh, some people weren't interested. All they wanted to listen to is that song by the Beatles. You know, oh, okay, didn't matter where it came from. Yeah. So, and a prime example of that is when John, when the Beatles first toured America, that was in 1966. But Paul asked John Lennon. Uh, were they looking forward to doing anything in particular in their spare time while they were in the USA? And John replied that he's looking forward to seeing Muddy Waters. Oh, yeah, and the reporter yeah. famously asked him, where's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny now, but like... It's horrible as well when you really think about it, yes. that, that all yeah. this great yeah. music that was sitting right there at their fingertips, yep. no one cared, you know, except for the black yep. community. No one cared until these white boys from England came across and, yep. and, and educated people about it. I think I, I find that yep. incredibly sad. And I know about it, so later on, I called people like Muddy Waters and uh, B.B. King, again, no, B.B. King, of course, it's... I'm a, a rock and roll icon, a rock icon yeah. in later years by, by jamming with all these artists that followed him on, you know? Yeah. He was, B.B. Uh, King was Chicago Blues, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of Delta Blues, there's all sorts of blues. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I just like blues. I don't always, you're more, I think, in some ways, you like Sun House. I love Sun House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still one of the what was his blues? What was his blues called? I'm you not know? sure. Okay. He was. He, I know he was deep south, so I guess southern blues. Yeah. I'm not sure because there's so many subgenres. Yeah. As well, you know, so I, I get a bit confused on it. I'm not a blues historian. I'm more of a rock and roll historian in in small letters historian. Yeah. 
nothing too too grand. The first time um, I got the first time I got interested. I mean, I, I'd listened to obviously in the background, listened to what you were playing, but it was the when I first started watching the Blues Brothers, the movie, the John Belushi movie with you, and saw yeah. uh, John Lee Hooker perform yes. out, out in the street, yeah. and he was doing a how 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 how, and I was like, wow, what's this? It was this? Dimples. I think it was dimples. Was it, was it dimples? Oh, I'm not sure, but I remember yeah. just sitting there going, oh, I like the way this music makes me feel. And then that's when I started to, you know, listen to more of your blues collection. I think you actually, you and mum actually bought me my first blues CD when I was about 14 or 15. It was like, yeah, you either gave it to me or bought it for me, but it was like the best of the blues collection. It had all the great Okay, okay, yeah, maybe. I used to like about John uh, John Lee Hooker was he had uh, you probably know this story he had bottle caps from beer bottles yeah yep nailed to his shoes and he just and he would just stamp along on a, on a piece of wooden board to his own songs while he was jamming on the guitar and, and it's just and, uh, it's just the right that. it's just the right amount of percussion you know what I mean like yes, he's just he's just yeah. tapping his foot but it's just the right amount yeah. to carry along the song it's really cool and he did another one of course back in the the last. Um, Years of his life, he did, he did a couple of songs where he was just jamming with some of the the big white artists of the, of the era, you know, yeah. from all different things, you know. Um, Teddy V always plays a great, goes right back. I mean, apart from people like Eric Clapton, have always, you know, dug the blues. Um, there's people like Ray Cooter, which, um, you know, maybe some listeners don't know, but Ray Cooter is a great American, one of the greatest axemen in the world, I think. And he's always explored all the different uh, guitar uh, rhythms and sounds where they come from. And he especially oh, okay. plays a lot of homage to uh, the blues. Oh, okay, right. You know that song Crossroads, the, the film Crossroads? Yep. Um, and it's loosely based on uh, the guy from, who's the guy that was in the Karate Kid, Ralph, somebody or other? Oh, oh, what's his name? Ralph DiMaggio. Ralph, yeah, Ralph DiMaggio. Shocking. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. And <laughs> and he he plays in the film Crossroads. It's about um, Robert Johnston is supposed to have met the devil at the Crossroads and sold his soul to be able to play the music that's that it. he did. Yeah, you know. I think all through that film, if you listen to it, if you ever get the soundtrack, look it up on wherever you can, um, it, on YouTube or wherever it is, Spotify. Like Cooter does the soundtrack all the way through that, and that's, oh. a, that's a that's a good grasp of how good he he's good at with that ear with the blues and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's cool. I'll have to look out for that one then. Yeah. So you know, if um, I think we're I'm swinging about a bit backwards and forwards. Back in the fifties when right. the rock and roll came out, the youngsters it was suddenly their new their parents hated it. And they would listen to it on jukeboxes in the bars and the coffee shops, car radios, and the interaction of the transistor radio, which I got as you, as about a few years later. The other thing that really shocked it and made it happen all over the place was the interaction of the 45 RPM instead of the old 78s. Okay. 45s obviously a lot more portable. And around about the mid-50s when the rock and roll was coming out is when portable turntables became popular as well. Now, they, they'd been around for quite a few, I think in the 30s, I think they came out. But by the 50s, they'd be starting to become very popular and uh, it meant the teenagers didn't have to stay and beat to play the radio ram or the turntable in their parents' house, had a lounge room. They could go to their bedrooms, lock themselves away and play to their hearts and tune. Yeah, nice. 
it's a bit different to kids now who go to the, do the same thing in the bedrooms, but with their phones taking in the snaps of themselves and <laughs> alternate, alternating looking at selfies of their friends, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like that all. No, it's true. That's, a great, that's all the grandkids who are switched off now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. But, um, but it's true, because when I was a kid, I... I had to listen to whatever the adults wanted to listen to. Yeah. Right? Now, if they were busy on a, on a Saturday morning, I might be able to get some stuff. Um, I used to live with one of my aunts when I was a little kid, and uh, and uh, she used to get so excited because she'd, um, she had one of these old wirelesses. Why they were called wirelesses, not radios. Nothing to do with the wireless that we have nowadays with the internet. But it was because they were run by tri-cell batteries, that's it, yeah. So they weren't connected to anywhere. They were called the wireless. And the main carried on for you in big wave forwards. They still called the wireless. But she used to get excited because on a Friday night, there'd be a show called Friday Night is Music Night. And there'd become a guy come on and he'd play a theatrical organ. While we ate a fish supper, he'd be playing a big organ in the background doing all the popular songs of the era, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. Even even songs like I do, like Be Beside the Seaside, yeah. <laughs> all those strings come along, yep. you know. And she used to love that show. And um, when I was a kid, it was okay. I mean, it was all, it was all I knew as well, you know. Yeah, But then, yeah. thanks, to my, thanks, thanks to my nan, by the mid-60s, um, it had changed, you know, we listened to the, uh, uh, what I wanted to listen to. You know, and did you carry uh, did you carry this radio uh, the transistor radio around with you everywhere you went? Yeah, so for school. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and um, I, I, we, um, my um, my dad, my stepfather, used to like listening to the news before he went off to work in the morning. Oh, yep. And for some reason, he used to like sitting in the kitchen having a cup of tea before he went to work. And he he didn't have a radio in the kitchen. So he used to come up to my bedroom and grab the transistor radio from my room while I was asleep, take it down to switch it on and play the radio to get the news. And quite often, you get annoyed, quite often it was flat because I'd, I'd got it underneath the blankets, <laughs> <laughs> underneath the sheets, listening to it quietly when I wasn't supposed to, <laughs> and, the bat- and, the, and the battery would run flat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> All right, yeah. so so um, let's go back though. Let's uh, so I'm just trying to get the timeline, um, you know, in tune. Okay, so so in the so in the sixties, yeah. um, I'm listening to the, the the Stones, mainly the Stones and the Beatles. Hang on, can I ask? Can I ask when you first? Um, when you first heard the Stones, I don't know if you remember the very first time or roundabout. Um, did it affect you? Did it? Did something change yeah. in you? And yeah. be honest, if it didn't, if you're just like, oh, it sounds all right, that's fine. But I uh, imagine, I, it, I imagine it to be like the world shifted a, a few degrees to the it, left. It, it, it did for me because it, it was uh, their first release was a, a Chuck Berry song called "Come On." Yeah, great song. Their version and, and Chuck Berry's. Um, and uh, it's one where I think his um, his wife Ruth was singing along in the background with him oh, as well. Okay, I didn't know that. I, I, I'm not sure. But uh, that I just and I didn't know that Chuck Berry had done this. I just know it by the Stones. Yeah. And I thought, what? And then I saw. I must have seen him on a TV show somewhere. And I just saw the way they they were. They didn't bow to the audience. You know, the Beatles used to come on, do a song, and then bow. Yeah, to the yeah. All, it was very formal. Yeah. <laughs> And the Stones had the longer hair, and they used to just come out, and they just they're in jeans, and 
Error genes with holes in their genes long before they became trendy the last few years. But I mean, so you were captivated um, straight away? Yeah. Okay, later on, when I did some, you know, looking at the backs of covers and other album covers and EP covers, I'd see, ah, so that was by Barry, who's Chuck Berry? And I'd go and find out, and that in turn would blow me away. Yeah. That, oh, this is fantastic. And that's, but it was the Stones. The Stones, yeah, like, I think we talked about uh, Elvis Presley, Keith Richard described as the world going from black and white to colour when he came on the scene. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. think I think that was very similar for me with the Stones. I was really, really a big Stones fan. And back, back in the day, you were either a Beatles fan or a Stones fan. It was, you were very polarised. That, that divide was, was that basically you're either a mod or a rocker? Yeah, a little bit like that. Uh, the uh, the rockers were uh, greasers, as I was sometimes called. Called were a little bit more old school. They preferred listening to British um, early beat music, which would have been called skiffle music oh, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yep. Um, but, but the mods were divided between the Beatles. And the Beatles was considered a very um, mod band. Yeah. Uh, so having said that. Ringo Starr, they asked him if he was a mod or rocker, and he quite famously so they said, no, I'm a mocker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. They asked him once if he liked Mozart, he said, yeah, I've got all his records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got all his poems, he said, I've got all his poems, that was it. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so, and, the, and the, Stones, the Beatles were very respectful and nice and polite, and they were funny and amusing. I remember disrespectful um, sometimes, but the Rolling Stones were just really out there. Just you know? bad boys, yeah. I remember reading that um, it was really the media trying to hype up that there was a rivalry between the Beatles and the Stones, and there was nothing of that whatsoever. No, no, no. no. They, I mean, there was always a bit of rivalry, I suppose, but it was more friendly. I mean, the Beatles gave them, uh, the Beatles were recorded, but then gave it to the Rolling Stones, I want to be your man. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, there's a really great, there, great thing there. If you can sometime play at the Beatles, I Want to Be a Man, yep. and then play the Rolling Stones, I Want to Be a Man, and see what the Rolling Stones did to that song. Yeah, we can do and that. And that's, that's when Mick Jagger first displayed how good he was at playing the harmonica. Ah, cool. Yeah, cool. I want to be your lover, baby. I want to be your man. I want to be your lover, baby. I want to be your man. Love you like no other, baby. Like no other can. Love you like no other, baby. Like no other can. I want to be your man. 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 All right, so that was the Beatles version that Dad was talking about, I Want to Be Your Man, which they wrote and gifted to the Rolling Stones. 
I'll play the Rolling Stones version now. Uh, <laughs> I personally, I think it's noticeably different. I think it's a lot more rock and roll. There's, it's bassier, it's, it's grittier, it's dirtier, it's bluesier, <laughs> if that's such a word. It's just a hell of a lot cooler, in my opinion. One of the, one of the standout differences for me, actually, even just playing these small snippets, is that um, instead of going into straight into a second verse, the Rolling Stones' uh, Keith Richards goes straight into a, a bit of a solo, which is rockin'. You did, yep. And somewhere in there, he refers to Mick Jagger with all their rivalry between themselves in the group. You know how they yeah, fell out like any bands. Yep. Um, having said that, he claims that Mick Jagger's the greatest harmonica Britain's ever had. Wow. Harmonica player that Britain's ever had. He, uh, rock, rock, new, rock harmonica player. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so he still gives you credit there. And uh, he, even though he was still learning. When he first played it, because Brian Jones taught him how to play that moniker. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> but um, but on on um, I want to be a man. It was it was Mick Jagger playing, and oh, okay. you can hear the you can hear the rawness there. That's really yeah, he's good. He is good. I've got, we've got to say, what about Charlie Watts? Yeah, I don't know if you heard it last week, but on last week's episode, I did a little homage uh, section for for Charlie. Um, yeah, but we can certainly chew the fat on Charlie now, if you like. He was... Uh, yeah, I, 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 no, I'm always a big fan of Charlie. The quiet yeah. one, him and Brian, him and Bill, the quiet ones, um, uh, he's a great guy. He, he's a most... In the jazz community in the UK, he's so... Highly thought of. Highly respected, as a, yeah. As a jazz drummer, and you would have caught glimpses of him over the years just playing the jazz drums with Oh, people. of course, yeah. But and, Bri- uh, Brian, Brian Jones is my all-time, all-time favourite stone. I, but, I knew that. Yeah, just because he's a brilliant yeah. all-round musician. But um, but as a drummer, I've, yeah, uh, Charlie Watts is in my top three, always has been. Because yeah. yeah. you can watch him as a rock drummer and you can sort of almost – not write him off, but you can almost just go, oh, yeah, it's a basic four-beat sort of pattern that he's doing. But then you yeah. listen to some of his feels that he does, the little in, the little inserts that he does between between um, sections of songs, and they're very clever. And even uh, well, he, the song Honky Tonk Woman, so when that oh, starts, right. the yeah. ding, 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 ding. Just on a cowbell, isn't it? Boom. Yeah, but the way it starts, right, is a, he's, he sets the tempo there, right, and it's fairly steady and slowish, but then... 
as the song progresses, he slowly but cleverly builds the crescendo, builds the tempo, and, and people don't even notice it. But by the end of the song, the tempo speed is actually quite different from the way it started. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that's oh, the, that's, that's the genius. Right. That's the genius of Charlie Watts. Picked that up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the wow. genius of the man. Okay. He was great. He was he was honestly really good. And yeah, as you say, brilliant jazz drummer. Like and I think he famously said that uh, you know, jazz is his preference, but he, but rock and roll pays the bills. <laughs> well, when when the Stones first met him, you probably know this story, when the Stones first found him, he was playing a jazz band then. And um, when they first when the Rolling Stones first started off, Nick and um, Keith and Brian had to do everything they could to get as much money together so they could pay Charlie Watts and guarantee they'd pay him this amount of money every ah, week. Okay. Just, just, just so he would leave the other band, <laughs> which was already performing, and yeah. they said, no, we'll, we'll give you this amount every week. We'll make sure you get this. <laughs> yeah. and, that's how, and that's how they started. Because he, he was but a bit older than the other boys as well, wasn't he? Uh, not much, I don't think. I think Bill Boyman was the... Was Quite a bit older. Oh, okay. But Charlie, uh, I think there's only, only like a couple of years between them, I think. Oh, okay. I thought it was a little bit older. Offhand. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, there's a, a, a Rolling Stones track. I'm not sure how familiar. I know you're getting into the Stones a lot more lately. And I know you like the early Stones, and this isn't so early. Okay. But there's a track they do on one of their albums called System Morphine. You might have heard yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. No. But when you first start hearing that, you think, there's, where's the drumming? There's no drumming. There's no percussion. Yep. But I think it's about two and a half verses in. Suddenly, Charlie gets in there. It's worth a track. worth a listen to. Yeah. Sister Morphine, you look that up sometime, and I think you'll be blown away what you hear. He, uh, going he, back to he his... transforms that song. Going back to his anyway. jazz drumming, though, he, yeah. yeah, he's masterful. If you watch his time yeah. signatures and things like that, his hands are busy. They're working all over the place. And he's just cool. And I, I always liked, even though he got a little bit sort of teased for it, that he'd always just sit behind the drum kit and kind of just stare. He's very deadpan. But yeah. I... I wholeheartedly believe because I was similar I used to get the piss taken out of me because I didn't move I didn't head bang I didn't when I'm playing the drums I'm sort of in the zone you know and that's what I think yeah. Charlie was I yeah. think he was so embedded in it so he was concentrating so hard and playing so well to make sure he he didn't miss a beat literally that he was just concentrating so he you know I just think ah oh, he was just an absolute legend it was I, it was I, I said on I, the, I said on the segment that Every now and then, you know, like, you know, I didn't know him from a bar of soap, but every now and then a celebrity leaves us and it does hurt, doesn't it? It does hurt. Yeah. 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 I know, more, we, recently I was talking talking about dead people when they leave us. I was just riffing on something a little while ago and I was thinking about cool celebrities. And, I, and if you ask people to write down a list of cool celebrities, people that I think is really cool, not hot, you know, but yeah. cool. Yeah. And um, I, I, we, I'm sure we'd all have a different list. But, um, like, I was thinking Steve McQueen was always very cool. Oh, yeah. I think the older Sean Connery was pretty cool. Yep. I think Leonard Cohen was pretty cool. Yeah, he was cool, yeah. And I think Charlie Watts was cool. Yeah. So probably yeah. more as well, if you think about it. But, you know, 
that, that, I'm talking about people that aren't excitable. Yeah, yeah. Well, the more one, one of the more recent really ones. Very noticeable in their room because of their silence. Yeah, know? one of the more recent ones for me actually is was Dusty Hill. He from ZZ Top, the bass player. He passed away not so long ago as well. Um, okay. He was very bloody cool. He was. He just. He just got up and did his thing. Um, always, you know, on the front line there. Uh, um, he was. Yeah, he was very, very cool. I actually watched a. Um, you might like this, Dad. It was a documentary on. On Netflix, I watched the other day, um, obviously uh, recorded while Dusty Hill was alive a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it's actually a fascinating because they got their roots are like, you know, like uh, country sort of rock uh, kind of pop. They talk about the, the British invasion in America and how much influence they had on everyone. Um, and then suddenly, you know, they, they started their, they had a band, uh, it was called Moving Sidewalks. Have you heard of that? Um. I'd like to say yes, but I vaguely, I don't know why I know that, but I just vaguely know that phrase, move inside. Well, they, I mean, they were, they were gigging with um, Jimi Hendrix and the Animals, you know, so they, they okay. were doing quite well for themselves, but they were, they were very British pop inspired and you can hear it in the tracks, but, um, but then, yeah, okay. they, they went, they sort of backtracked and went back to their roots a little bit more um, and they became, because Texas was such an independent state for so long and still is in a lot of ways, that their music was quite unique. It wasn't quite blues, it wasn't quite, quite country and they just said, no, okay. it's, it's just Texan rock. <laughs> oh, right. And, yeah, and it really yeah. is. It really is. Yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, I recommend that one, Dad. I know you, I think you've got Netflix, haven't you? All uh, right. And, and sort of going back a bit, also talking about what you were saying about people playing with other people, there was, uh, there's a, you can YouTube this, there's a, a, uh, one of the concerts that Chuck Berry does with Bruce Springsteen in the background playing oh. along with his band. Yeah, cool. Back in Chuck Berry, when Bruce Springsteen was not, the boss, you know, he was still rising and coming up and that. Oh, yeah. And he says to Cliff, there wasn't much time for rehearsal, and he said to Chuck Berry, you know, we're going to rehearse any songs. Chuck Berry said, do you know my songs? He said, yeah, he said, that's it. <laughs> that's very Chuck just Berry, isn't up. it? Just yeah. keep up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Actually, I think you were right. talking about talking about Jimi Hendrix and talking about people playing the background. I think you told me the story that Jimi Hendrix used to play guitar for um, Little Richard, and then, but then <laughs> Little Richard found that people were coming to the gigs to see Jimi Hendrix. Um, that's right. And he cracked the shits and said, "You're out of he, the band." He cracked the shits over there, and he also <laughs> he used to also <laughs> he used to also play uh, behind um, James Brown as well. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he had quite useful, and he was an ex-Marine, so he's, he's, he had quite a history, uh, young Mr. Hendrix. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, and I, I like the fact that his manager, Chaz, was the bass player from the Animals originally. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. yeah. And we got a guy out, got a guy out here in, in Australia, in Tasmania, um, he's a retired senator, Senator Bob Brown. You might remember. Oh him. yeah, I know the name. Yeah, he's a uh, he's in the Greens Party. Oh yeah, yeah, I know fam- the name. He's fam- he famously came out some years ago, and he's he's into uh, Tasmania was very anti-gay. Oh, that's and he right. came out many years ago in the of his party. I think they're married now because we Australia changed the rules a little while ago. Yeah, um, but. But uh, Bob Brown was the receiving doctor that pronounced Jimi Hendrix dead when he went to the hospital. Wow. Is that? When he was young. Wow, when he was a young intern. There you go, mate. Wow. That's, people, uh, that's a great story. Yeah, this story's going to go viral, viral tonight now. Your <laughs> yeah. podcast tomorrow. <laughs> that's it, yep. 
going to take us to the stars to tonight. <laughs> That's cool, though. Isn't it? What's that, sorry? It is tomorrow your podcast goes out, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it's so tomorrow? Warren and I record. So tonight's Sunday, tomorrow night we record on yep. the Monday, and then, yeah, we usually publish Monday night. Unless uh, I've got something planned or Warren's got something planned, but usually we publish Monday night, yeah. Okay, look, so we seem to be pretty much run out of time now for what we do at Allocate. That's all right, though. It's actually been a really great so, chat. I like the randomness of it uh, tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit more, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you remarked to me that last week was a bit too clunky. Uh, I think, I think I was trying to get certain things in last time. Hopefully this time we're a bit more to and fro. Yeah, I think the key I thing is, is to make it just like me and Big Was do, and it's just a chat. You know, if you've got yeah. things you specifically want to say, that's cool. But, yeah, really, it's just a chat. I'm going to throw in questions here and there and try and test you here and there. But <laughs> but generally, okay. uh, so yeah, it's just the back and forth. I just want to so for next week, we're going to continue on with my journey from, from – because we, we sort of stopped there and then we didn't go any further. So we're going to go on to why what I got in the 60s led me into 50s rock and roll. Yep. And we're going to go on from there, yeah? Sounds perfect. All right, mate. All right, you no want to say worries. goodbye to your fans? Um, <laughs> Warren, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, good night. Good night, guys. All Thanks right. for having, having you. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Once again, thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> My pleasure. Anytime you want. All right, mate. All right, okay. see ya. Bye. This has been Terry Ware on the air for the last half hour. Bye-bye. <laughs>